It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Still he speaks from eternity. Oh, do you hear him speaking today? He's still speaking. He spoke to the prophets of old. And he's still speaking today. And he's speaking to you. Do you hear him? All of creation speaks of him. hear him speak to you today what is the Lord saying what is the Lord calling you to do for some people he's just calling you into relationship with him you've been hearing I love you I love you I love you all week and you don't know why that's God speaking he's the rock of ages because he's the ancient of days he's still speaking he's spoken a word to you to give to your co-worker he's still speaking what is he speaking to you hallelujah I will listen when the maker of heaven and earth speaks. I pray that as you take your seat, that that is something that you would declare. I will listen when the maker of heaven and earth speaks to me. Let it be so in this place. Amen. Amen. That's a good place to give the Lord praise. So much has been said today about the word of God. And then Pastor Carrie did um, a two-week service or a sermon series on the word of God. And I was so grateful um, because I want to know if we believe his word. I want to be, know if we believe that he um, still speaks a word. And do we believe him when he speaks? We're going to dive into uh, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. This particular scripture is so important to me because this was the scripture of my calling, my calling to preach. Ooh, and I shed tears over this scripture, y'all. I did. Um, 
this uh, scripture and my call came to me in a dream. And I've never gotten a dream so vivid as I had when God called me to preach. In my dream, I was getting married. And um, I wore um, something really beautiful for my, um, for my wedding. Can we put that picture up? The picture of me and my, um, my wedding. Sorry, can you see that? Isn't that lovely? It is an Indian sari. My husband's last name is Raju from the south of India, which means that it's not cultural appropriation. I heard you come for me in my email. Okay. So that's what I actually wore. But in my dream, that's not what I wore. I wore what Julie Andrews wore in The Sound of Music. Do we have that picture? My goodness, Julie looked fabulous. It's a three-quarter length sleeve silk taffeta, a line gown. Do you understand? Julie looked good. Okay, that's what I wore in this dream. And I've got my bouquet and I'm going down the aisle, but I see over to the right, there's a room, so I kind of beeline, and I go and I walk into this room, and don't you know there is no door? Just Jesus sitting on the bench waiting for me. No impediments, I don't have to knock. I just walk in and he's sitting there. And I sit beside Jesus in my wedding gown and my aligned ball gown and I lay my head in his lap and I begin to weep for all of my sins and all of the ways that I have offended him. So I thought all the ways that I had caused him hurt and he lifted my head in his hands and he touched my mouth and instantly I woke up we were not particularly a Bible reading household in my house when I was growing up. So I got up. Well, this is when I was living with my husband. I got up. I grabbed my husband's Bible because I didn't really have one. Opened it up and sure enough, opened it right to Jeremiah. This was a thing because I don't know who Jeremiah is, much less his story. And I read the first chapter of Jeremiah and I weep again and I say, God, I cannot do what you ask me to do. I can't. There were some things in my past that had caused me to believe that I wasn't enough. I was abused from the time I was six until the time I was 11 and I thought that it was my fault. I thought that it happened because I wasn't enough. I figured if I was smart enough, I would have talked my way out of it. I figured that if I was brave enough, I would have told my mother sooner and it wouldn't have lasted so long. It happened because I wasn't enough. I think that's pretty heavy, amen? And a lot of people are holding that in their hearts. 
I hid that from my mother for years and years. And I carried that load until the night he woke me from that dream. I cried. I said, God, I wasn't enough to be trusted to do what you asked me to do. I don't read enough, I said to him. I still don't read enough. I'm an English teacher. Shh, don't report me. I said, I'm not holy enough. I'm not righteous enough. And the things from my past, from when I was a child, echoed in my head. I said, God, don't you remember I wasn't smart enough? God, don't you remember that I wasn't brave enough? And he said, not so. He said, I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my strength. I have put my wisdom in your mouth. I did that a long time ago before you were in your mother's womb. And my word will accomplish that which pleases me. Through therapy and lots of um, spiritual guidance, I was shown all the ways God tried to get rid of that guilt in me and the responsibility for things, something that was never my fault. It took his word to convince me. I didn't believe him when he called me. I want to know today, did you believe him when he called you? Asia, I don't have a dramatic story like that. I'm not sure that I'm called. God didn't ask me to do anything like preach, but he called us all to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He called us all to do justice. He called us all to have an answer for our faith. Your call is where I got my call. It was in the word of God. Did you believe him? When he called you, let's go to Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through 10. If you would, could you rise for the reading of the word of God? If you're able, this is just one way. This is not the only way that we can show reverence or respect for the word of God. This is just the way I would hope that you would join me as we rise to read the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 10 say, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Lord, help us to listen when you speak. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may take your seats. So um, in verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Here I see that God has established himself as creator and sovereign. He says, Before I formed you. I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. The New King James Version says, I ordained you, which means I gave you authority. Then he gets specific. He says, I have ordained you a prophet. A prophet is one who speaks God's truth, one who has spiritual insight. Then he said, to whom? He says, to the nations. God says, I know, I create, and I give authority. In verse 6, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. In response, Jeremiah says, I can't. He gives a reason for why he believes himself incapable In other words, Jeremiah gives an excuse. God just said he knew Jeremiah. He knew who Jeremiah was before he formed him. He created Jeremiah. He knew he had imperfections. And still he set him apart. He still gave Jeremiah authority. I think I need to say to somebody He knows you cuss a little bit. Oh, it's quiet because you don't want nobody to know you cuss a little bit. He knows you are constantly anxious. That was a word for me. God knows you won't fast. For some folk, he knows you don't even know what that is. But do you believe that our perfect God can be glorified, even if the one sharing who he is, is imperfect. Just because you think you're incapable does not make it so. Believe that your imperfections are evidence of God's omnipotence. Moses thought because of his speech he couldn't do what God asked, but still he parted the Red Sea. Gideon didn't think he had the directions right to win the fight, but he came out on top. Abraham and Sarah didn't believe they could have had a child, but nations were formed from their descendants. God knows you're unsure, family. God knows you think you got the directions wrong. God knows you think you aren't cute enough or smart enough or holy enough, or you don't have the time, or you don't read enough. He knows our excuse-making butts. You do understand that, right? And he still calls us. He still sets us apart, and he still gives us authority. What he calls and what he speaks, what he ordains and what he names That is not impossible. I remember one of the very first scriptures that I learned, and I learned it because I was teaching it 
in Sunday school for children. In Genesis, it says, is anything too hard for God? Look to somebody and say, is there anything too hard for God? I think that with our attitudes, it's impossible. I think it's hard then with our indecision. I think it's impossible, somebody would say, without a car. Yeah, I, I think it's impossible. I think that without a degree, I think it's impossible. I think with having too many degrees, I think it's impossible. I think that with my credit, it's impossible. With the family that I have, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I believe that there are testimonies here that would say, oh, having a baby in your 30s and 40s, oh, that's possible. Without a degree, oh, it's possible. To bring your lost child home, oh, it's possible. That your 90-year-old grandmother gets saved, yeah, it's possible. For God to heal broken desires, it's possible. To get the marriage you deserve with God, all things are possible. Jeremiah then says, Lord God. Funny thing about Jeremiah is Jeremiah grew up in a priestly home. Okay, that means he knew God as many things. In a priestly home, he would have heard about miracles like the miracle of the Passover when God allowed the plague to pass over his people. So then Jeremiah would have known him as a merciful God. He would have heard about Gideon's victory. He would have heard about the battle of Jericho. So he would have known him as a mighty God. But he chose to call him Lord God when he wanted to tell him no. Luke 6 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do what I said? Signed Jesus. To call Lord means I'm in charge, but you don't act like it. If you believe me to be in charge, I would see it so. Let's back up off of Jeremiah. You can imagine how small he must have felt. We know those moments when we felt small, when we felt inadequate or insufficient to do what God has led us to do. And I think that there are some things that help us to feel that way. Anybody ever experienced some church hurt that'll make you feel like that? Anybody ever had some childhood trauma that'll make you feel like that? Which then breeds guilt which then makes me feel busted up. Have you ever seen condemned homes? They start to lean, don't they? And the windows have been broken out. So the window frames begin to sag. Shingles have fallen. This is what a condemned house looks like. But for us, as people, we feel just like that, don't we? We feel beyond repair. And just like a condemned home, we think to ourselves, the only thing that can be done for us is that we get torn down. But I'm so glad that in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, but there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
I love that God is so awesome that he says there's no brokenness that I can't redeem, that I can't lift, that I can't pull together. There is no condemnation. There is no breaking you down. There is no putting a wrecking ball through that which I have created. There is no condemnation to the ones that I call mine. But we missed the second part of that. But there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When we tell God that he obviously needs glasses because he can't possibly see what we see in us, that's us walking in the flesh. Uh, the flesh is the natural, the stuff we can't see, the finite things, right? Sometimes uh, we recognize this as how we feel. How we feel, where does that come from? It comes from our head and from our heart. Jeremiah addresses this in just a few chapters. In Jeremiah 17, 9, he says, The heart is deceitful above all this and is desperately wicked. Who can know it? But I love that God gives an answer. He says, I, the Lord, searches hearts and I test the mind. He searches that which people see and the things that God don't, or people don't see. What we can't see, that is the spirit. Jeremiah says, I'm too young, which means I have no authority. And I can hear people saying, I can't preach like Bishop Jakes. I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't preach like, oh, I want to I wanna preach like Sarah Jakes Roberts. Anybody else ever heard her preach? I want to preach like that, right? I hear other people sounding like Jeremiah, and they might say, I can't pray like Minister Helen Spruill. Some people are like, I don't know the Bible verses like Elder Veronica or Charles Stanley. I don't have wisdom like our Elder Patty. I can't sing like the praise team. God is like, I have searched your heart and I have called you enough. I have called you enough to carry my word. I have called you enough to teach my children and to lead my people in classrooms and in corporate spaces, in virtual spaces, in churches, in street corners, in university campuses with your art and with your money and with your business and with your organizational skills. I have called you out and separated you for myself. He knows the hairs on our head, and still he has called us. Did you believe him when he called you? Verse 7 says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. And then... After Jeremiah says, God, you must have astigmatism, the Lord speaks to him again. God lays out a plan for Jeremiah. He says, I'm sending you to a people. I have something for you to say, and you will say it. And I'm like, that sounds a that sound a little demanding, God. 
I mean, that sounds a little harsh. But upon reflection, I find that these are directions. These are assurances. Jeremiah says, nope, I'm a youth. God says, youth have vigor and zeal and desire. You're going to need that because I'm about to send you to some folks. And some folks won't like it. Um, and no one will come for you because I'm sending you to their door. Whatever I command, you will speak. So don't worry about how you're going to have to finesse this whole message. It's not your word, but it's my word that I have given to you. In verse 8, he says, do not be afraid of their faces because who going to check me? For I am with them. No, that's not what he said. He says, for I am with the government. He said, for I am with you. To deliver who? To deliver you, says the Lord, the one that made heaven and earth. I think the problem is fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. He says this all the time in the Bible. And sometimes I wonder, does he get tired of speaking to his children, saying the same directions over and over again? Like I get tired of saying the same directions to my kids over and over any teachers in the building? Have you ever gave a specific direction on an assignment and then I go do it and then nobody does it and they sit there and look at you wide-eyed and you say, do you understand the assignment? And they go, uh-huh. And then they sit there and they look at you wide-eyed and you have to repeat it again and you say, okay, go do it. And they keep sitting there with their hands in their laps looking at you. Oh! I wonder if Jesus feels that way. He doesn't. I think we fear the wrong thing. We fear the wrong one. I think we fear people. And I think God knew that. And he said, don't fear their faces. I think we fear people's opinion. They going to think I'm trying to be the boss. They going to think I'm trying to be stuck up. They going to think I'm trying to be pastor. We let what they think keep us bound. We fear the wrong thing. Psalm 111.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I'm not talking about fear like cower, but I'm talking about fear as in respect. We respect people's opinion more than we respect the word of God. The steadfastness of God, the loving kindness of God, the mercies of God. We wonder why we feel so empty doing everything to please people. Then they turn around and only give us their opinion and then bust up and leave and only leave their opinions. <laughs> we fear the wrong thing. I am with you. To deliver you. You're the horse I'm betting on. I thought twice about 
putting that um, phrase in there because I was like, maybe there are some English learners in the house, and then they're going to be like, guess what I learned at church today, that Jesus liked the horse bit. It's a colloquialism. That means you're the team I'm backing. Oh, wait, is that gambling too? My bad. So here, God declares divine presence and divine deliverance. He says, with you, might be some people that don't like it. But he says, I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you. He says, I called you. I called you out of an abusive relationship. I called you out of prostitution. I called you out of self-harm. I called you out of jail. I called you out of misogyny. I called you out of racism. I called you out of gender confusion. And I don't care what side of the argument you're on. Nobody likes to be confused. Can you imagine being confused about your gender? The team, the them, we're looking to please didn't rescue us. God did. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. The Lord's touch is seen in so many places in the Bible, and it can be seen healing and strengthening. Here he touches Jeremiah's mouth and says, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah says, I'm just a youth, I have no authority. God says, see, I set you over nations and kingdoms today. Jeremiah says, I can't speak. God says, not only will you speak, you will root up and you will tear down and you will destroy and you will build. When he spoke to you, when he called you, did you believe him? Will you take him at his word? You are called. You are called. And God is asking you to do what you don't think you can do. What are you waiting for? Who are you afraid of disappointing? You are called, you are affirmed by God, and you are equipped. Go do what God has called you to do. Let us pray. Lord, we've decided that we would, we would say yes to your call. We heard you in your word. We know what we need to do. We just need to say yes. We need to not give you excuses about how we don't think that we can. So we say yes to your will, to your word, and to your calling, oh God. 
So now, Lord, our prayer is, what's next? What do you want me to do? Guide our Bible study this week. Guide our YouTube searches for sermons. And help us to know where you want us to go, what you want me to do, what you want me to say, who you want me to say it to, what's the work you want me to do. From our hearts, we say to you, yes. Yes, Lord. That is our prayer today. Will you take him at his word? Jesus said a lot of things. He said, whosoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to generations for everlasting life, to give you life, to give a new life, to give a place in heaven. Will you take him at his word? If you have never told Jesus, I believe you, I believe you're the son of God. I believe the stories about who you are and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Now is the time that you can do that. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells c-i-t-a-d-e-l of faith.org all one word we would love to hear your testimonies we would love to hear your prayer requests know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone let's change the world together one person at a time <laughs>